Streets and Scholars. Thanks for tapping in for another fire episode. I'm Alex Alonso and I'm here with the Eastside General FG. What's going on with you, FG? Man, what's happening with it? Oh man, I'm just over here chilling, man, and just going through some notes and uh trying to figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna attack this week on another fire episode. Uh, but let's start off with telling the people um, where can they find you right now online doing your thing. Man, you could definitely find me on Instagram at fgeneral1. Tap in with me. Shoot me some, um, hey, come holler at me. You got a question? You got something? A lot of you dudes got comments. You know, it's, fra- it's crazy that you even said that, Alice, because I'm still struggling with people in the comments of certain YouTube pages. <laughs> and the thing about it is come to my Instagram. Hit me on Instagram. You know, if you really, if you really, now if you just doing it just to be a troll or something like that, but if you really got an issue, hit me on Instagram, man, let's chop it up. But uh, you can also hit me on FG Unleash. Got new videos out. New videos going to be out every other day. You know, I'm back, I'm back on it, you know, so um, FG Unleashed on YouTube, F General One on Instagram. Now you've been dropping a couple of videos lately, man. Uh what are some of the uh, the themes you've been hitting recently? Well, you know, I got different topics, you know, just based on, you know, my YouTube channel is based on, geared on the little homies that's in the streets. You know what I mean? Trying to get them to understand, man, that the shooting and killing ain't going ain't gonna to get you nowhere but a death sentence or the penitentiary. You know, it falls on deaf ears, but it really don't. They listen, they listen, they listen, but at the same time, they may not take heed just based on the situation that they in in the streets, Alex. And I do get that. But you get people that come in and don't, you know, man, you you almost 50. Why is you trying to tell these dudes anything? Because it don't stop. You know what I mean? For anybody that had children, just because my kids, I have 29-year-old kids. Well, they not kids. Uh, grown men, but they're my kids, you know. Yeah. And I don't stop teaching them. You don't stop teaching your kids. You could be 70 and they can be 50. And you still trying to make sure that your kids get the best perspective that you can give them. So um, um, I definitely get out there and try to, you know, spit it to them on that. You know, they want the stories. They want me to interview George. And they want me to find the, you know, the 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 the, the end thing that's popping. But at the same time, man, I'm kind of focused on these youth, man, and trying to least get them to hear me because I can't go touch them. I can't reach them, you know, so keep on trying, man. I'm going to keep on trying. Okay. And also YouTube's about to drop like um, this new thing handles where people could actually interact with you through YouTube. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah. They're going to drop that soon. They used to have a DM feature, but mm-hmm. they got rid of it, but I guess they're going to bring it back. And so the, the name of your YouTube channel? FG Unleashed. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm at Street TV. So tap in with me at Street TV. And also uh, tap in with me on social media at Alex Alonso 101 Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then we also have a Streets and Scholars Instagram page at streets.and.scholars. No doubt. And uh, we, we posted some pics last week. <laughs> <laughs> man, I didn't know your regal was that clean, man. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you was doing your thing. Yeah, I just, uh, I think I threw this little candy magenta paint on it. Um, that we used to go to this place called Castro's on mm-hmm. Broadway and 40th. Everybody around here used to go down there to get like a candy type paint. Um, yeah, they're not, they don't exist anymore, but shoot, everybody was taking their cars there to get painted. I started asking people, where you get your car painted? They said yeah, Castro's. Yeah. So Castro's name was, was buzzing. It was popping back then. I remember that name uh, now that you just said. So. Yeah. So I said, man, when I get my thing, um, I'm, I'm going to take my car to Castro's. So that's the paint on um, that that regal that 79 regal 
uh, it was a magenta because you know it was crazy when I bought the car it was pink. Oh wow! <laughs> and um, I was driving it pink for a minute, like mm. at least two, three months. Yeah, I'm driving yeah. around in a pink car, and um, I didn't really hate the color after all. You know, I think that there's like this, uh, this you know misconception that pink means gay. You know, like just like the rainbow. No doubt. The rainbow is supposed to be. Now it is. Yeah. It used to be just a rainbow. Oh, shit, I love the rainbow. No, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. And it's funny because I my 62 Chevy, the last one I had, I wanted to, I was taking it to the paint and I wanted them to paint it a, a, a gold color like Ice Cube had in the movie. Um, um, well, he was Doughboy. He had a gold tray or something. In Boys that in the Boys hood. Boys in the hood. So I wanted the color painted that color, and I took it to the paint. And I told dude specifically. I pointed out the color. When I went back and got the car, Alex, to see it, it was like a like a champagne pinkish like color. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, you messed up my whole car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I took I took the uh, my wife down there to look at it. I was married at the time. I took my wife down there to look at it, and she said, "That's pretty." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I said, it's supposed to be gold. You yeah. know what I mean? And she said, well, and this crazy part is she said, well, who are you trying to impress? The dudes or the females? <laughs> the females going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I BS you not, man. I left at that color, man. And it was a and it was a hit. It yeah. worked out, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was on my 62 Chevy, the last one I had. Yeah, because when, when I took my car to get painted, I, I actually, I knew I was going to keep it that hot pink. Mm -hmm. But I kind of it, it was growing on me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, this pink color, even though it was crazy to have a pink car, I said, okay, what's a color that I can paint it? And uh, someone said, hey, magenta. Mm -hmm. It's kind of red. It's got a like a, it's it's an off red towards, it's like in the pink family, but it's also in the reds. So I said, throw that magenta on there. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't even remember what happened to my car. Oh, I was I trying to remember what happened to mine. What, what happened to mine? Chevy. What happened to yours? Um, well, actually, I showed it to my homeboy, Ado, man, and um, Ado, rest in peace, man. That was my dog. That was my, you know, I guess when you're growing up in the hood, you got to ace that anything happened or anything, y'all always in something together. And I sold it to Ado, man. Ado put a big engine in it and some, and some and he rode from there. But uh, flipping back, uh, Alex, I do want them to go to Street TV, go to the community page. Yeah. Um, I do want them to check out the interview that Alex Alonzo did. <laughs> with, um, I, I can't think of the name of the channel he did it with, but if you go to the community page on Street TV, Alex Alonzo did a rare interview, man. And, and I, you know, check out this interview. This him, this him and his finest, man. And you get to really see who Alex Alonzo is. I think you're talking about that Cinemills interview that exactly. I did. I, I enjoyed that interview, bro, because it, it puts you on so many different levels. Of, you know, a lot of people tap in with you. A lot of youngsters tap in with you. And they know you as of today or know you as of the last, you know, two or three years. Some of them don't understand and realize that when they was five and when they was four, you was doing this. You know what I mean? And I I, I, I like to give people their flowers while they're here. You know what I mean? I like to give them their respect where respect is due. You know, this is a street. I mean, street TV is a street channel. And I believe, you know, people need to know the history of what they're looking at. You know, you was with the first dude bring the streets to the Internet. And if they go back and look at that interview, they can actually see, you know, Alex Alonzo, you know, exactly who he is. So that I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, man, that was a uh, interview that I did with uh, Marcos from Cinemills, and uh, yeah, he did a really professional job. Uh, all his interviews are very well done and and professionally shot, especially professionally lit. Um, they they um, pride themselves on lighting okay. at, at that studio. 
But yeah, man, we hit, um, you know, I'll give the listeners a little brief synopsis of the interview. We just kind of hit the history of streetgangs.com. We hit um, the first interview, the interviews that I've done, which were their first interviews. So, for example, Freeway Ricky Ross, Mm -hmm. I did his very first interview. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Big U, Mm -hmm. I did his very first interview. Um, They threw in, Marcos actually, he threw in Mob James in there. I had to correct him. I was like, nah, Greg Cading. Actually did his first one. Okay. Yeah, Greg Cading yeah. did his first interview. I did his second interview, but I didn't get to post that second interview fast enough. Vlad beat me to it. Okay. So Vlad posted the interview that he did with him before I was able to post it. Because, man, I'll sit on an interview for a month or two. Right, before. right, right. Everybody know that. I think everybody yeah. know that about you now. <laughs> before yeah. I put it out. Yeah. But um, I had to correct him on that. And then that kind of just transitioned into the topic with Mob James. But you also did Nipsey, right? I did uh, I did Nipsey's second interview. Okay. But I did his first interview that was, um, you know, something of like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Right, right. Full-length video. Yeah. I mean, full-length interview. He did a, a short interview with Davey D in the Bay Area mm-hmm. um, about a year before that interview actually i would have had his first interview because i met him two years prior i met him in 07 that Mm -hmm. interview was 09 but back then they were a little bit hesitant to get on camera which was crazy no doubt no doubt totally understand (laughs) but in 07 people were like you want to shoot a video i'm like yeah for what for the internet the internet yeah people were questioning this right right in 07 but uh imagine they would be yeah so he went into all the interviews i did first we talked about um paying for interviews which is now becoming a little bit more common on certain platforms so yeah it was a cool interview um go check it out it's cinemills tv uh you can go to street tv and just click on the community tab and it'll take you straight to it though but um hey i wanted to get into something that i just heard on the news man there's been 870 arrests for the capital riots of january of 2021 and um, that's an incredible number of people to arrest, but that's not all of them. I know, Alex, but that's still an incredible number for them to go do. The, that lets you know the uh, intelligence, you know, and when they really put the resources to it, what they're capable of. So even for the people who listening, you know, you know, 800 and you say 70? 870. That's a lot, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? So they went back, did their homework. They were serious about it. It goes to show you the intellect that they have. So when you out here doing some shit in the street, Hey, they want to know if they want you, they they going they going to get to the bottom of 870. Wow. Yeah, and they're actually asking for more funding. Mm-hmm. They said that they need more money. I'm not sure who they would be because um I'm assuming it is the Justice Department is doing the investigation of most of these, but yeah, they said they need more money to uh I guess figure out. They're using the internet, they're using social media. Um, and they're using the public. Uh, some, oh, no doubt. Some lady actually reported. <laughs> she was like, wait up. That guy works at my job because she saw the hat. And right, the right, right. And he, this, this guy was wearing the shirt from the job he works at. So all, all these people are losing their jobs, too. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, they're getting fired from their jobs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and they had decent jobs. These wasn't just, you know. Correct. Dudes that came out the projects. And then these were some, 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 some affluent people, some of them. Yeah, so um, I don't know how many people, um, when I look at that footage, man, it, it definitely looks more than 870 people. You know right? what, man? But, you know, per se, you know, if you didn't go do the due diligence, you know what I mean? You know me. I'm never for you know, uh, police uh, arresting people that, you know, you know how it is, you know. Um, but this kind of crime against America, if America say they are what they are 
then they should be doing what they doing, you know, because like I say, um, they got the resources, they got the power, and they got the investigative team to do it if they really wanted to know. I'm thinking that at least 1,500 people were involved in that. I think it was that many? Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and look at the video. Yeah, I well, don't think it was that many. I could be wrong. I'm definitely wrong. I've been wrong before. but <laughs> well, They already got 900, so Damn. I think they could probably... Um, they stormed that thing, didn't they? Yeah, they could squeeze out 600 more yeah, arrests. Yeah. Um, 417 of them have already pleaded guilty, so um, a lot of these guys are either going to fight their case, take it to trial like Guy Reffitt did and failed, or um, just take a plea and go do your uh, two years, one year, three year, whatever yeah. they're going to give you. So, yeah, man... Um, I wanted to tap in with that because we talked about that on a previous episode of Streets and Scholars. And I want all the listeners to know, hey, we, we update our topics. So this is probably the second or third or fourth time we've talked about this capital no doubt, right. No doubt. But we're talking about it in the context of arrests, in the context of people trying to take this to trial and uh, going to prison. So uh, if you're new to Streets and Scholars, go back to uh, episode number one and catch up. Because uh, we've talked about this topic and other topics multiple times. Just like last week was the first time we kind of talked about this Dublin, this all-female prison, uh, federal prison, Dublin um, right. sex scandal. And you know what's crazy is that um, I did some more research on it, and there was a employee of the prison that was actually filing complaints with the federal government, I guess, back in D.C. Mm. for years. Mm. And she claimed that all her complaints were being ignored. Her name was Tess, Tess Korth, mm-hmm. K-O-R-T-H. And apparently she's the one that really just blew the whistle on this. But apparently this was just normal activity going on in Dublin for years and years and years. I don't know how many I mean, you could say this has been going on for 20 years or, or more. You can, you know, but at the same time, you know, I'm wondering in what context did everything happen. Like I say, you know, it's hard. Sometimes, you know, it's hard for me to pick a side just based on the dynamics of you have an inmate, you have a, 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 a you have a horny inmate, you have a horny man. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's hard for me to draw the line on who's wrong and, you know, who's telling the exact truth. You know, that's basically what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Um, well, Tess Korth. She was an employee of Dublin. She mm-hmm. was in prison. She worked as a CO. And once she started to um, really file complaints and get this to the public, they relocated her. Mm. They, she had worked in Dublin for 25 years. Damn. Yeah. And uh, she says that the BOP is ruining her life. I have a clip here I want to play of her because mm-hmm. I want to get your take on what you think of her in terms of her credibility, of her story, and uh, the information that she was reporting. So um, let me play this clip here. Officer is speaking publicly about abuse she says she witnessed at the Dublin Federal Prison. So far, five officers have been charged for having sex with inmates. New at 10 tonight in a rare interview, Tess Korth broke her silence about leaving her job after 25 years. She says she was forced out for blowing the whistle, and now a Bay Area Congresswoman wants answers. I retired because I refused to be moved, uproot my family, my husband's business, and go work in a mail facility up in Oregon where I have no, nothing. You know, after 25 years, I refused to be reassigned because I reported something. I told them to shove it and some other choice words. They've been reported. The things that other staff have observed them doing, like 
sitting in their office in the dark, watching inmates, terrorizing inmates, um, being abusive to other staff members, just things that they're not supposed to be doing are ridiculous. And we've been reporting stuff for years and you know, they still work there. They did COVID wrong, the COVID quarantining. They were locking pregnant inmates up, which is against policy. They're not supposed to do that. I kept telling them you cannot lock up pregnant inmates. It's against our policies. You are not allowed to do that. They didn't listen to me. They didn't care. We ended up having one miscarry. I did a, a report to the Office of Inspector General. Within a few weeks of that report, everything turned upside down. I started being retaliated against. A few days after that, I got called into my supervisor's office. First time in 25 years, I got a letter of reprimand for questioning her leadership. We have to have better leaders. We have to stop the way that, um, we have to stop the way the bureau does stuff. You know, okay, we have so that's a test course. Mm -hmm. We get the point there. Uh, what do you think of her whole, um, her version of events? Um, one of the things, she's she's never been reprimanded in 25 years. They were mm -hmm. giving her, a, they were moving her from Dublin to another place. Uh, the place in Oregon is a FCI called Sheridan. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with Sheridan. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to go there, so she just retired. Right. She had 25 years in, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking that because she's a woman and she's seeing these female inmates go through whatever they're going through. It's the reason why she wanted to blow the whistle. Right, right, right. Um, I know she probably didn't want to uproot and move her family to Oregon, but from what I'm hearing, it's beautiful up there in Sheridan, Oregon. <clears throat> but um, I believe the things she's saying, Alex, no doubt. Don't get me misconstrued on what I'm finna say. <laughs> um, she played it by the book. Um, but she's also the classic whistleblower. Everything don't get played by the book, especially when you're dealing with prison. Um, I'm sure with all this whistleblowing that she was doing, you know, and, just, and telling the truth, I'm not saying she was lying or anything. I'm saying she could have been telling the truth, but by her telling the truth and informing the truth, um, when they send people down there, investigators down there, they do interviews, you know, they talk to the inmates, you know, so the inmates, if enough inmates didn't say that this kind of abuse was going on, the staff saying this kind of inmate is going, is, is not going on. If the ratio of how many inmates say that this bad stuff is not going on opposed to what she's saying, bro, it's not a problem because this is not not to mention they have to run a prison. It's not going to be perfect and it's not always going to be pretty. But I'm not saying she's lying at all. She could be telling the A1 truth and I believe her. It's just she don't seem like she understand the politics over the last 25 years because she's been in the system so long that she realized and understand that policies are policies. She's a policy person. The BOP then changed. You know, 25 years ago, don't get me wrong, certain people that went to federal prison were different from the prisoners that's going there now. You know, even back in, in men's prisons when it comes to federal. 25, 30 years ago, Alex, it was more white collar, white, you know, collar crimes, you know, bankruptcy. Now they have the average street drug dealer in federal prison. So you have to deal with shit different. 
You know what I mean? And maybe she just didn't believe. And like she said, you can't lock a, a pregnant uh, prisoner up. Um, but if it was to protect them from COVID with the space they have, they might have didn't have a choice. You know, there's so many prisons that's flooded that you have them. Somebody up in the higher ups, like she said, her supervisor brought her in and she said her. So that was also a woman. Yes. That wasn't a man. So the the supervisor probably realized that in order to protect these women while they're pregnant, this is what we have to do. You know, and it, yeah, it may not be policy and it may not have been policy, but we haven't seen anything like COVID. I haven't seen anything like COVID in my life. So they probably took the necessary procedures that they took in order to try to protect them. And she didn't agree that with because it wasn't policy. So what's the um, the reason to reprimand her? Um, say, you know what, we're going to move you. We're going to transfer you to a, a prison in a whole other state. Why not just sit her down and say, look, we understand your concerns, but this is what we're going to do. Um, and just send her back to work and let her have, you know, go on her merry way. Um, a lot of people don't take that as a uh, face value, Alex. They take this. Those aren't the rules. You know, they stand on the rules and they stand on their principles of being a, um, a stand up um, employee. You know, they're called uh, what they call them. Um, um, damn, it's a name. We <laughs> it's a name we used to call them. They company men, company women, you know, and they want to go exactly by how the rules were set forth. And she probably knew policy in and out. But everything ain't about policy, especially when 2020 came around and people had to, you know, people, everybody in America had to do what they had to do, you know. So sitting her down, she probably said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going for that. Everybody's not going to turn a blind eye. And while the whole rest of the prison probably said, listen, we're doing the best we can under the circumstances. The inmates probably wasn't putting in so many complaints. They probably said, listen, she's part of the problem because we still have to run a business. We can't disrupt the way this business is going on and do all these certain million dollar um, ideas that she have in order to put uh, uh, inmates in certain spaces and places and all that sort of stuff. It's easier to move her than to change the policy at this prison. Okay, well, apparently she was one of the main people to kind of blow the whistle on on all these employees at the BOP, uh, the BOP in uh, Dublin that was having sex with multiple female inmates. Um, now, last week when we talked about these different guys that were um, having sex, that would have been Ross Klinger, John Bellhouse, Warden R.J. Garcia, um, James Highhouse, Enrique Chavez. Um, only Ross Klinger has pled guilty, and so has uh, the chaplain, James Highhouse. But we, we were unaware of if they were going to go to prison or not. Mm -hmm. You didn't think that this warranted prison time. But when we um, after the show was over, we did some research and we found out that James Highhouse actually got seven years. No doubt. And I was shocked. But at the same time, they, you know, of course, you know, I can only get the information that I can get and have my opinion that I have. I believe they had substantial evidence that he was doing more than I th thought they was doing. And actually made a, you know, not to mention, was that the warden? Yeah, the warden. But yeah. all, all his uh, all his charges were related to having sex with the inmates. Right. But my whole point was just more or less like I believe they held him at the highest standard. 
you know, so we're going to punish you at the highest level or, you know, we're going we gonna to punish you the most because you we put you at the highest level. Of, man, you supposed to have been able to look over this. If it was one of your subordinates, you know, that you maybe maybe turned a blind eye to. OK, maybe we can accept that. But when it's you yourself, no, nah, we're going to make an example out of you. And I, it seemed like they did. Yeah. Uh, one of the charges was sexual abuse of a ward. And I guess a ward is the inmate in, in, the, in Dublin. Right. And uh, that's an interesting. I never heard of that. Um, that that offense. Uh, that's a real charge: sexual abuse of a ward. And um, even though some of the sex is consensual, maybe. Um, well, I would say probably it's hard to actually say. See, this is what um, the attorney for some of these women. Uh, she what she's gonna say is none of this sex is consensual, mm -hmm. even though they may have had the sex consensually. I'm putting uh, air quotes mm -hmm. because of the relationship, the power dynamics between an officer and an inmate. Just because they consensually did it, they may have consensually did it under duress, knowing that there was no other choice in the matter. I don't know if that's something that you're gonna buy. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm not because at the end of the day, man, you have to physically beat a person up and take it if they said no. And my whole ideology was based on, you know, you got 300 others that'll be like, hell yeah, but you're gonna beat this one up to say no. It that that was the part that, and I'm not saying it's impossible, or that was the one he liked the most. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying for the options that they have in these facilities, you know, it just seemed to me that it was it was it. They wouldn't have went that route you know what i mean so um that's why i you know made a determination that i made yeah well uh jessica pride is an attorney from san diego and she's going to be representing at least one of these women actually multiple women are coming forward it seems like every time i go online and research the story there's an, another female that's saying oh me too well me no doubt you're going to get that because we got that I and mean, we got that with the oj cases <laughs> yeah. you know but i mean not the oj i'm sorry bill cosby you got the me too thing going on and uh but this is this is this is one thing about it i also have to look at alex that Sometimes when I look at certain women in prison, I look back and say one of my homegirls and I be and can say, man, there was no way that they took nothing from her. She, you know what I mean? You know, she had to agree. But then I also had to go back and look at it's also women out there that's so submissive and so passive and I believe that. You know, I beat your ass or I lock you up or they can't take solitary confinement, you know, so they give in really unwillingly, but they do give in. So I have to I also I do have to take all those uh, dynamics into consideration that, you know, all these females ain't some of my homegirls or something like that. It's really people that went to prison that was just really soft as cotton that just was easy to manipulate even on the street. You know, once they got to prison, it was just like they felt like they had no other choice. So I do have to take those women in consideration and say maybe these women like that were manipulated and were, you know, um, you want to you want to be locked up or in in, 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 a, in a one man cell or you want to, you know, do this. And they chose the latter. Um, I do have to take those women into consideration and say that's highly, highly possible. Now, what you just explained in terms of a, a woman that may be softer and docile and and gives in to having sex with one of the employees that can be considered uh, a rape definitely even can. though yeah. she gave in it wasn't forced it wasn't taken it wasn't you know beat out of her no doubt i, I really consider that as a rape I, I i talked about it last week where i couldn't at the moment couldn't see the vision but when i went back and thought about it bro i said hold on i know some docile women i know people that will 
you know, want to smooth the situation over before they put up any kind of fight. And I had to take them women in consideration. Now, um, there's another woman that came forward and she identified herself. Her name is Andrea Reyes. She was in Dublin. She did a few years in Dublin. And she was one of the ones that Ross Klinger had sex with. She did an interview. I want to just play a couple minutes mm -hmm. of her and um, what she says she went through at, at the FCI Dublin. Well, it was very toxic. Um, right off the bat when I got there, about maybe a month into it, I felt hopeless and like they didn't believe me because I was an inmate and nothing I said mattered. It, they were officers, so whatever they said, it was their word against my word against theirs and theirs was gonna win no matter what. He was really initially mean to everybody else and really nice to me. He started making me feel comfortable with him, started making me feel like I could talk to him. Well, uh, it didn't take long for him to actually say that he loved me, that he was in love with me. I used to do a lot of work around the prison uh, and I it was one day that I was in the shoe working on the floors and that's where he pretty much let me know that he was uh, looking into my files and he knew that I had four children. He knew what city I was from. He knew all about me. And I was just like, whoa, he's on some stalker stuff or he's he really likes me. I, I didn't know which, which one to think at that point, what to believe. All the time, he threatened me all the time. He would tell me that he was gonna kill me, that he was gonna kill me and kill himself. He told me that all the time. And I was afraid because obviously he knew where I grew up, he knew where I lived, he knew where my family lived. He had all these details about me that thanks to them having access to my PSI and my mental health. So one day he called me into his office and he pointed at his computer screen and he's like, why didn't you tell me you, you had this? And I said, I remember earlier when we first started talking, he had told me that he knew there were certain things with my going on with my mental health and I told him I was like okay so fast forward to when he calls me in the office he actually points at the screen and he's like why didn't you tell me you had this I have this and I told him I said you told you showed you told me you looked at my my mental health before like so I assumed you would remember that and he said no uh, I didn't remember that he's like but yeah you're right I have looked at it before so I said, okay, um, and I said, what is this? Why, why do you have access to this? So um, yes, when I'm talking about my mental health, uh, he knew that I was bipolar. And when he called me into his office, he pointed out the PTSD that I do have. So uh, that's when he said, you know, I have PTD, PTSD as well. Why didn't you mention it before? And I was like, well, you, you had access to my files. You told me that you knew what was going on with me. So that's basically, yeah. The reason why I feel that he used it against me is because first of all, he told me he had looked at that. And second of all, uh, he knew uh, he knew my triggers. He knew what would trigger me. I feel like it need, it's something that needs to be talked about because it it's just reoccurring and it's like, what if that girl would have been successful in her attempt? And what if that could have been me? That could have been me if I didn't have the people that I did, the support that I did around me. And, and that's why, like, um, I know she had the same or similar 
issues like I did. And that's why I say that I feel like he used it against us. I feel like he literally would pick the ones he felt were the ones he felt were weak. All right. That's Andrea Reyes. She is from Paris, which is on Riverside, uh, Riverside County, just uh, east of Los Angeles. Paris, California, not Paris, France, Paris, P-E-R-R-I-S. And she said something that you kind of said that some inmates are a little softer, mm-hmm. a little more vulnerable. No doubt. And she said that the CEO, I believe she was talking about Ross Klinger, would look at the file on certain people and see, oh, okay, she's got, she's bipolar. Oh, she's this, she's that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could definitely break her. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if that's what, what you think going on. They look at these files and see who's weak, who's strong. No doubt, but they definitely can look into your situation. You know, they, it's, it's so much stuff they can do. <clears throat> Even go look in your search, your cell, and what they'll do is open your photo out. You know what I mean? So it's easy to see your kids, easy to see your wife, easy to see, you know, certain things about you, maybe a little bit of how you was living out there on the street, you know, and certain things, you know, listening to your phone calls, hearing, you know, for a woman in prison, hearing you cry to your children, saying you sorry, you know, um, they definitely can do all that and, uh, and, 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 and deem you weak and go in for the kill. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think all of these females uh, that did time in Dublin, and um, so far I've counted up to like five or six of them, um, they're all going to sue and they're all going to get some money. I don't know how much it's worth. I don't know if they're trying to get like uh, a couple hundred thousand or if this is going to be like millions of dollars, but shoot, it's hard to put a price tag on, you know, you violated me sexually. No, no doubt, you know what I mean? And I believe that they should be awarded, you know, like you say, the money may not even compensate what they went through, but they definitely, you know, if they were manipulated and took advantage of, Alex, they should be, uh, you know, compensated in some form of monetary, uh, mental health um, 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 help, you know, so so no, I'm, I'm, I agree with you on that one. All right, so um, I tried to tap in with the attorney, Jessica Pride. She said she was going to holler at me, and mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for her to give me a call. Uh, let's see. Hey, man, we're still we're still waiting for d- these two council members <laughs> to step down. They just refused to step down. That's uh, Kevin DeLeon from Council District 14 and uh, Gil Cedillo. Um, they're still holding on to uh, – we don't know what, what they're holding on to because pretty much – I haven't heard anyone even defend them. No doubt, but are they having any meetings? Are they showing up, or what's going on? Have you heard anything about that? No, because the uh, the council president ha- actually had to stop having the meetings because the public response was going to be so heavy. Yeah, it was yeah. too it was too great. It was going to disrupt any meetings. So they're actually impacting city business because city business can't get done because um, they want Kevin DeLeon, and I say they, the people. Uh, want him out. He did an interview with Tavis Smiley uh, just recently, and uh, he's trying to say that he wants reconciliation, he wants forgiveness. Oh yeah. Uh, he made a mistake. Um, he did two interviews. Uh, the other interview he did um, uh, local news here, um, <laughs> but I don't think there's anything that you can say to uh, get out of this situation. It's not, you know what I mean. But at the same time, he gonna um, exhaust all his remedies, you know. He going to try to, you know, force his hand. And and uh, I think at the end of the day, it's going to end up being a very, very awkward situation. Because um, hey, he, they, they're the highest paid council members in the country. 
there's not another city that pays what they get in two hundred seven thousand dollars a year, man. That's uh, they're in the one percentile of uh, income make earners. Man, he better sell out in a pretty new house he just got up there on that hill, man, and go and get him a job at Seven Eleven. <laughs> He's gonna have to do something. But uh, here's an interview. This is not the Tavis Smiley mm-hmm. interview. This is a clip of an interview he did on a local uh, CBS News. And this was recent. This was just the other day, man. Okay. Um, let me tap in with this interview here. Uh, because um, he knows he was wrong. Let's see Just here. A short time ago, we spoke with L.A. Councilman Kevin DeLeon, who says he has no plan on resigning his council seat, but he also says he failed. Uh, I guess my first question to you is the question all of L.A. has for you, which is, what is Kevin DeLeon going to do? Will you resign your council seat? Let me say that I'm not going to mince words I'm not going to deflect blame. I'm not going to def- defend the defenseless. This past week, I've taken inventory with, with my family, with my friends, with my staff. And I've raised a, a, a light, a, a, a bright light, you know, doing self-examination. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to my constituents. I'm sorry to my colleagues. I'm sorry to the family of Mike Bond and to, to my family, to all those who have supported me, especially the janitors and security officers and the hotel workers, because I felt. What do you think of, of, of his apology so far in this interview, man? Man, that's weak. You know what I mean? It's super weak. You know, if you took self in, um, inventory yourself then, man, then you would have saw, man, what you really were. You know, and, and not only did you fail, and if you did fail, then why are you still trying to be here? You know, weak apology, man. Yeah. Let me continue this last part. The words that were incendiary, words that were painfully hurtful, and I didn't do that. And I'm so sorry for the city of LA for not stepping up and being the leader that they expect me to be. Listen, I, I grew up in poverty. Youngest child of a single immigrant mother with a third grade education. And I represent a district that's among the poorest in the entire nation. It was devastated because of the coronavirus. I had the highest infection and mortality rate. I, had, I have the largest homeless population in the entire city of Los Angeles. It's a district that's had, it's been underserved, it's been under-resourced, it's been under-financed, it's been right, under- I've heard enough of this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a politician for real, huh? No doubt, I don't <laughs> like the way how you're trying to sound sad like a third grader and shit, you know, like a third grader has some trouble. You know, mommy, I, I really didn't mean to steal the donor. Still get out of here, man. That shit. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that are posted up in front of his house. They're still out there with tents. I've been meaning to stop by there, man. I haven't had a chance to, but um, he's not budging, man. Do you think that he's just going to try to make people forget about what happened and hopefully there's some other news that comes in that kind of displaces the story? Or is he is he going to have to step down because he still has two years left on his term? I don't, I don't got him lasting two years without it being a, so much of a problem for the city council as a whole that at some point that, you know, he, he going to have to realize and other people going on the council who even if anybody riding with him going to have to realize it, man, this dude is really going to make everything for us 
unpleasant. So we need to get figure out a way to try to get him to resign. Well, yeah, the only way, if he's not going to do it, is to have a, um, a recall election, which I know that for a fact he would lose that because uh, there's no support for him whatsoever. And actually in that interview on CBS, uh, one of the questions that the guy asked is, do you have any support right now? And if so, who? And he, he couldn't name anyone. He just said, you know, my family and my friends are supporting me. But there's not a single person that is supporting him on the council. Uh, even Joe Biden, the president of the United States, has weighed in. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Joe said, hey, man, you need to resign. Yeah. So the president, if the president says it's time <laughs> right, to go. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really don't. you're going to last, yeah. Hey, I thought he would have been out by now, man. But um, I could understand that. I believe it's the salary that he's tied into. Oh, no doubt. I don't think no he doubt. cares about any of these other issues. No, he's, no doubt. I believe you. If you gave him, if they said, listen, man, we're going to pay you still but you got to get out the way he he'll definitely say okay so it's it's the money man he not you know like you say you and the you know with the poorest um um district you know don't seem like you've done anything to help that to better that you know um so yeah i wonder if they can buy him out and i wonder if that's even part of the process because if there's two years left on his salary and on uh, two years left in his um in, in for his uh his council seat. That's 414000 Yeah, I was about to do the math on that because we figured out he was getting 17000 a month and let's just do 24 months. Uh, they give him $408,000, $410,000 and just say, go home. He might just take that check, huh? He may do that, but at the same time, you know, what does his future hold? Oh, his political career is over. No, I mean, as far as him, even after he takes the money, you know, because I believe that he, it could be he had long-term um, political dreams. Yes. You know, so those are over with to me. Even if they paid him out, you know, what am I going to do with that? You know, what am I going to do after this, you know? So uh, we definitely going to see this pan out and stay on top of it. Yeah, I think he's a wrap. He actually tried to run for uh, mayor uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, and he came in third place. Um, well, no, he didn't. They had the um, the general election was earlier this year and no one got more than 50 percent. So they take the top two people, which is uh, Miss Bass mm -hmm. and the uh, the land developer. Um, what is his name? The land developer. So they're taking the top two. They'll have a runoff election next month. He came in a distant third with, at seven percent. Rick Caruso. So it's going to be between Rick Caruso who is the land developer and Karen, um, Bass. Karen Bass, who looks like she's going to win. We're going to have the first, we're going to have the first female mayor. We're going to have the first black female mayor in Los Angeles history. So um, yeah, he was trying to run for mayor too. And uh, he only got 7% of the vote. Okay. So, um, all right, man. Um, one more update. Cain Velasquez, uh, he's got a pretrial hearing on November 7th. Mm -hmm. He was in court a few days ago with Mark Garagos. And um, they just mentioned the idea that oh, our guy is still in custody with no bail. And Harry Galarte, he, which he has a court date coming up too, Harry Galarte is free. And, um, the, you know, the, the attorney, Garagos, is trying to emphasize the alleged child molester is free on the streets while this man is still in jail. And, um, you know, we talked about this so, yeah, many times. so many times. Yeah, but at the same time, the facts don't change. That this guy should be offered a bail no matter how much it is he should be offered one yeah um it's the same thing with that gunner situation from last week 
um, uh, Gunn is going to get a bail because I just read a report by the attorney that, that he's going to get a bail. And at some point, they got to give Cain Velasquez a bail, man. So, um, all right, let's get into our first topic, man. I um, Did you see the video of that assault of the brother in Inglewood, which was just a few days ago by the two sheriff's deputies, man? And, man, definitely, man. I definitely saw it. And, um, you know, what was your take on that, man? Because it can go a few different ways, man, um, depending on, you know, your position and, um, you know, your background, your experience. So what did you th think of the overall video? Well, to be honest with me, because of my um, experience, because of my background, you know, and dealing with sheriff, you know, L.A. County Sheriff deputies, um, I hate to say it, Alex, but the, I believe the dude put himself not only in harm's way, but he also put himself in a position to get his ass kicked like he did when he didn't have to go through that based on he was a felon. Um, allegedly had a firearm. Um, that don't because you work in security somewhere, that don't make you legal. Um, to me, people were complaining about where they just walked up and profiled and went straight to him. No, somebody called and said this man has a gun. You know, that's what that was. They went straight for him. Um, he could have just cooperated, took their rest, been out on bail right now, went out of scratch only. If you ask me now, they say he had a gun in that fanny pack that you see him wrestling with while he's on the ground. Um, I don't know if he did have a gun. Um, it would be very unusual if the cops just made up that whole story that he had a gun and he didn't really because there's a press conference. We might play a clip of it where he's denying that he even had a gun or he's denying he's denying something. But um, I'm surprised that. Uh, he already has a lawyer. He has uh, Benjamin Crump, and Benjamin Crump believes that they have a case here. Um, where where do you think Benjamin Crump could create a case that's going to be beneficial to his client if everything you just said is true? Um, slim and none, based on, you know, if you have the call that came in, they responded to the call. They went exactly for the man that they, they thought. Um, I, I made sure I said allegedly earlier, you know, because like I say, I didn't see him pull a gun or nothing like that. I didn't see them physically hold up a gun and say, look what we found. Um, but if all those things are true, man, it's, 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 it's hard for a legal search and seizure. It's hard. I'm just wondering what angle being is going to try to come with, you know, and working as a security guard while you're a felon is not going to fly. Yeah, I'm a little confused on that, too, because I did look up that he does have a conviction, but he was working as a, a guard, so that's kind of weird. Let me play this one clip. Um, this is bro, uh, what's his name, Blake. Uh, what's his name, Anderson Blake or Blake Anderson? Uh, his name is Blake Anderson, mm -hmm. and um, here we go. Let me see here. Let me cue this up. This might not. Uh, here we go. Let's see here. All right. I might have to come back to it. But the first question I have about this situation is that it took place in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. And Inglewood has their own PD. But these are sheriff's deputies that um, that rushed them. If you look at the video, they just pulled up in the parking lot and rushed them. Right. So that's a little confusing to me. How the, Why are the sheriffs... In Inglewood, doing what they did to this guy. You know what? It's some, sometimes it's its own area. I'm gonna tell you a story about I had. I know um, 
for anybody that's seen the street TV interview with me, you know, I owned a barbershop for 21 years on the corner of Compton Boulevard and Harris. This was definitely the city of Compton. But because of the zoning that they have for the police force, um, I had a situation back in the day where uh, me and a young lady was arguing. I poured some soda in her face. She called the police and said I hit her. No, actually, she drove down the street, saw the Compton PD, flagged them down, brought them back to the barbershop, said that I hit her. So dude say, man, you know, she say, you hit her. I told him, exactly. hey, listen, man, I poured some soda on her, but I definitely didn't hit her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he believed me. You know what I mean? And uh, so what he said was, now, we right here on Compton Boulevard in Harris, in the city of Compton. He said, ma'am, if you want this man to go to jail, I have to call the sheriff's department because of the zoning. So I believe in some of these cities, when they set out the police and they contract sheriff's department, it's a zone that the sheriffs are able to overlap because it was like that in Compton. And uh, I believe that's what the situation is. It's a zoning thing in contracts with the sheriff's department. Yeah, well, I, I've looked at the map of uh, Compton, and you're talking about on the east side of Compton. Right, no doubt. There are actually a couple of patches, which is, I never, I never could understand this, but if you look at a map, there are about two little patches on the east side right over there that are carved out that does not belong to Compton. It's the county it's of Los county, Angeles. Exactly. But it's inside of Compton. It's inside of Compton. So these are little patches, I guess, the sheriff exactly. can patrol. My mail, my mail said Compton. Um, when I went to go get my license, I went to the city of Compton. I'm right there on Compton Boulevard, right down the street from the Compton Courthouse. They said, sir, you got to go to the county of Los Angeles to get your permits. You know, and I was like, that's Compton. They like, for some reason, you know, they, they explained the zoning area for me. And when the sheriffs actually came for that, that situation, the Compton PD said, listen, ma'am, they not going to question him at all. They taking him straight to jail. Do you want him to go to jail? And she was like, no. <laughs> and he went and told the sheriffs, uh, hey, no problem, no problem. But the sheriffs, that's their jurisdiction. And it was in the city of Compton for a lot of people was concerned. So I'm wondering if Inglewood have this same kind of setup where, you know, the county of Los Angeles overlaps the city. Yeah, I got to um, I got to check that Inglewood map. Maybe maybe so. Maybe you're right on that. Um, all right. Let me get back to this clip here. This is uh, Blake Anderson uh, in this clip from Fox 11 News, Los Angeles. He's being identified as a security guard who was beaten by uh, the sheriff. So. Uh, they're going with that narrative that he's a security guard, and uh, maybe he is. Here we go. Arrest by L.A. County Sheriff's deputies. Marla Tea is here with details on that. Christine, that man now has a well-known civil rights attorney representing him. In fact, he has a whole legal team after he was arrested Sunday morning in Inglewood. Cell phone video shows the dramatic and violent takedown of 24-year-old Blake Anderson Sunday morning outside a hookah lounge in Inglewood. You can see an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy punch Anderson in the head and slam his head into the pavement as witnesses shout at deputies. The incident leaving Anderson with several bodily injuries, including potentially permanent damage to his right eye, according to his lawyers, who held a press conference in South L.A. today. Out the helm, well-known civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump. Not just excessive force, but brutality. Anderson, wearing protective glasses and an eye patch, says doctors expect him to lose his sight. The GoFundMe page set up for Anderson and his family notes he had a pre-existing eye injury at the time of Sunday's arrest. Honestly, I just was doing my job for my family. Anderson says he was working for a security company as a security guard when deputies approached without cause or explanation. 
alleging that we somehow blinded someone who was working as a security guard. None of the above is true. Sheriff Alex Vinueva says Anderson has a criminal background and is now facing several felony charges, including felon in possession of a firearm and assault on a peace officer with a firearm. He is a convicted felon. He was armed. And there was a struggle, and uh, there's a use of forces being properly investigated. This is the gun the sheriff's department says was found on Anderson. Anderson's lawyers say they're filing a claim against the sheriff's department and a federal civil rights lawsuit. The sheriff has to speak to this. Because it does take a village to litigate these cases, because ultimately we will get justice. Attorney Crump says he is sending letters to both the California Attorney General and the Department of Justice asking for the use of force incident to be investigated. But so far, All right, that's Fox 11 News. One of my favorite newscasters here in Los Angeles, Christine Devine, was on the story. And uh, it's a little confusing because uh, I don't know if you could be a guard, uh, a security guard. Usually security guards have guard cards. Right. And those guard cards allow them to have a gun as long as they um transporting it properly from work to home but from their car to the job they're allowed to have the gun on them but i don't believe you could be a felon with that you can't be a felon but you can get a guard card and be a felon it just you won't be able to just because you're a guard don't mean you firearm uh, um you can have a firearm you know so i know plenty of guys who has one got the uh, guard cards you know um and they were not able to carry a firearm um, my son, one of my sons, little Frank, Frank used to indulge in the uh, security business. And, you know, of course, he don't have any felonies or nothing like that. So he did have his firearm. And at the time, it was a very um, um, he was he was wanted at a lot of places because, you know, he was able to carry his firearm. In this situation, like I say, man, I don't mean to sound inconsiderate about Blake's situation. You know, I do believe that they did use excessive force. I do believe that he resisted arrest. He was strong too. He he wasn't <laughs> that dude was strong. Yeah. And uh and uh it, it just hate to say that because I've seen this stuff so many times, it just he could have came out a lot sweeter had he just he was going you going to jail anyway, man. I always tell people, dude, you're going to jail, you know. Yeah, he wasn't gonna be able to beat those two deputies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't run or nothing that, you know. But like I said, I do believe it was they already knew he had a firearm. Um, so yeah. Well, um he had a eye he had eye surgery, Blake Blake Anderson, before this incident. And the way they actually took his head and bashed it down yeah. the sidewalk, that was pretty that was, was pretty severe. Oh, that was excessive, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was excessive because they're frustrated that they can't get his hands behind his back and get him cuffed. So it, it wasn't like it happened right off the dribble. No, it, no. It was after even, a no, while of tussling. It was after tussling. a scuffle yeah. and tussling and all that, but to bang his head on the ground, you know, uh, when you should be focused on reach, trying to get his arm, you two grown-ass men can't, you know, get his, his arm down. A guy, even the sheriff's, even what pissed me off is pull it out his gun, you know, put it to his head, face, rather, and, uh, you know, threaten to shoot him. Um, see, now all that's where the excessive come in at. You know, even if I am resistant, I, I haven't swung on you guys. I haven't hit you guys. And I also said that they I also heard that they said he's charged with assault with the firearm on a on an officer. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean, where the bullshit come in. Well, I don't think Gascon is going to prosecute yeah, that. that, that yeah, they're going to have to throw that one out, man. And he's also denying that he was armed. I had another clip earlier that I was checking out. And apparently um, he's saying that he wasn't armed. 
But um, yeah, I'm just kind of um, interested in how they're going to sue and get any money from this guy. I'm, I'm actually surprised Benjamin Crumb just took this case um, as quick as he did because I think that they have the they have a case. The sheriff have a case of saying this guy was resisting. And once you can prove someone's resisting, right. almost everything is, uh, you know, it, it's it's open now. Not you know? real stuff. Unfortunately, real shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I try to tell my sons whenever they're in a situation with the police, do not argue, do not fight, just comply. Don't worry, I'm going to get you out of jail. Yeah. There's, there's no need to fight. So what he did, Blake Anderson, is exactly what I tell my kids, don't do. Right. Because he could have got killed. No, he could have got killed, but then also you ramping up the charges. You know what I mean? You ramping up the charges, bro. So you went from maybe to getting a um, a, um dismissal based on a illegal search and seizure. You can't even use that no more. Now you got the wrist and now you got the, you know, the officer say he scratched me. Now you got the assault on our, you know, you you ramp up the charges when you do that. When you, 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 it's a, it's a disadvantage for you to fight your case now. Definitely. Now I'm hoping that the, that, the gun wasn't his. No doubt. Um, they just showed a picture of a gun. Right, right, right. Um, and you don't know where the gun came from. Exactly. They're saying that that fanny pack that he had in his hand is where the gun was at, but we don't never we don't see a photo of them um, taking the gun out of the fanny pack. Did Did you see him with the fanny pack? Yeah, I did okay, see him with okay, the fanny okay, pack. Okay. You do see him with the fanny pack, but they don't show. At least I haven't seen a video where they actually, you know, have him in custody, open up. The, usually they like to open it up yeah, yeah. and then they, they pull it out. Right. If they have body cam footage, we should we should be able to see that they pulled a gun out of his fanny pack. But if they don't have that and they did all of this to him thinking he was armed, then I would I would side with him, even though you still don't resist, though. You, no, no, you still no, don't no, even no. if even if you're not armed, even if you're innocent, you, you just don't resist, man. So um, we'll 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 be bringing some updates on Blake Anderson as that case moves forward, man. And uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about uh, a guy we've talked about before. On, actually, before we go on to the next topic, which is going to be Miko Worldwide, um, Blake Anderson does have a, a GoFundMe. And he currently has $23,000 raised. Their goal is 30000 mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to support Blake Anderson, uh, just go to GoFundMe and just type in Blake's Medical Eye Loss and Attorney Expenses. And uh, the page will be there. And he's got already 576 donations, $23,000 on. I mean, that's an incredible amount of money to raise just in a few days. So that means they're... The, he does have public opinion on his side to a certain degree. No, no doubt, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it should be some people who, um, you know, we still got to, he, he's right now, he's, he's, he's innocent until proven guilty. So sometimes we do need to support our people, you know, just sometimes they need the financial help in order to, for the truth to come out. I don't know what the truth is, but maybe others do and believe that, you know, he's, he's innocent. And if that's the case, you know, regardless, um, there's nothing wrong with helping a brother out. Now, let me throw one, one scenario at you regarding Blake Anderson before we move on in terms of the way he resisted, because he just had eye surgery. Mm -hmm. He slammed to the ground and his instinct might be to I need to keep my face off the ground and I need to use my hands to keep my face off the ground, keep my eye off the ground, because now I'm just inches from the ground and the only way to protect my head is to use my hands to push up and 
that's maybe one reason why he didn't relinquish his hands because of the eye surgery that he just had, I don't know, a week or two or three prior. Mm-hmm. And eventually they did slam his eye, and it looks like he's going to lose that eye. So what do you think about the argument of the resisting wasn't resisting. I was trying to protect my eye that I just had surgery on. Um, you definitely have a point there, and a lawyer could, a good lawyer could, you know, argue that point. You know, I would argue that I definitely would have had my head laying down on the eye, on the side where I didn't have surgery on the eye. You know, or if I carried a fanny pack, I would have put my fanny pack under my eye and protected it. But at the same time, um, all those issues are arguable. And the, you got Ben Crump. Ben Crump going to go down through there. So he may have action. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm sure Ben, ben Crump got an angle. Because oh, no doubt. No <laughs> he, doubt. He wouldn't have jumped on this case, man. Um, all right, man. So let's. Uh, I wanted to tap in with this last story, man. I think it's very interesting. And this is something that I kind of saw coming. You might have saw this coming too, but uh, Miko Worldwide, um, apparently about a month or two ago, some dudes went on the internet and said, we just robbed bro. But uh, it w- there was no confirmation no if, doubt. I if saw, he robbed bro. Right. right. I, I saw it and scrolled right past it. You know, <laughs> I laughed, you know, but I just laughed because I thought it was fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought it was just some uh, some hype, some bait, uh, clickbait, and I scrolled past it, you know, um, but I didn't know it was serious. I didn't know it was real. Yeah, these guys did a video. Let me see if I could play this little clip. This is a clip from about uh, two months ago. And that little shit came out about bro, little boy. This is Slat Zai. Doing that sick ass shit. That nigga fuck with so basically we did. We had bro down here yesterday. We took his chain, took his chain, uh, took the nigga Blick, Blick, uh, we took it YouTube, YouTube play, <laughs> all that shit. But like it's the principle though. It ain't even about him being gay. We ain't got shit against gay mom. Just like bro touching on kids and shit. He fucked up boy. And you know the nigga was seventeen. Yeah, he knew it. Like he telling us like bro, like why you did? Nigga ain't have no good excuse on why he did it. We took all of that shit though. We got the video footage. Y'all niggas want that shit. Come with that bag. Drop on. that bag. China Mac. We got that all of that shit, y'all. No John, but send that shit. Send that bag. Y'all want that footage, man. Oh, oh, shit. Gang. Yeah, know. I guess the new thing now. All right, so this was um in uh Tennessee. I believe it was a Chattanooga, Tennessee. These bros, um, they lured him actually. Um so now um, this story happens a couple months ago and we find out just recently because the police report was released that Miko went straight to the police. No doubt. And he walked right into the station and identified the people that robbed him, told the whole story. Told the whole story. And now this guy, um, Zat Zai, and what is how do you say? Uh, Slat Zai. Slat Zai. Zat Slat Zai is in custody. And one of the well, charges is—is is he in custody? I know his brother in custody. I know he was on the run. Did they end up catching him? Well, I'm not sure. One of these guys is in yeah, custody. His brother is in custody. Okay. And I know he was on the run up until you know recently. I don't think they even caught up with him yet. I could be wrong, but uh, I know his brother is in custody. Well, one of the charges that they're throwing on these guys—that's going to be very serious, and which is probably going to. Um, cost them a lot of years in prison if they're found guilty of it is their kidnapping 
Now, kidnapping is one of these weird terms that every state defines it differently. Right. Um, O.J. Simpson went to prison for kidnapping in, in Vegas, mm-hmm. but he never really kidnapped anyone. No doubt. What he did was he prevented someone from leaving a room. Right. That's considered kidnapping in Nevada. If I want to go somewhere and you stop me from going there, that's kidnapping in some states. So what happened was they invited Miko into some place that he thought he was going to do a vlog. Mm-hmm. And while he was in there, they did their thing on him. They hit him over the head. They took his jewelry and they kind of the police threw in kidnapping in there, even though uh, it's not the traditional kidnapping. Well, in California, I know back in the day when we were in the county jail fighting a lot of cases, the homies was coming through with uh, certain cases slash kidnap. And back then, Alex, it was if you move a person more than 10 feet at gunpoint, they considered a kidnapping and the homies was getting kidnapping charged. Exactly. And that shit carried a lot of time. <laughs> um, these dudes were careless. You know, um, they were wild for putting this on the Internet, even if they hadn't, though. To me, they you basically told on yourself. But even without that, Miko went down there and told him everything about you. You know, I mean, told him everything about the situation. Um, and he went down there and just told he's, you know, well, ratted everybody out. Well, I think one of the interesting things about this uh, is that these even these guys should have never posted this video and and put this out there, but they actually stood on certain principles that a lot of people ain't standing on. No doubt. They, they, what they did. And again, you know, I'm going to get all this hate right now saying that I'm condoning what these guys did. And I'm saying, no, I'm not condoning it, but they definitely were inspired to do what they did because they did not approve of the crimes that Miko worldwide was charged with in Georgia back in 2018 and the nerve of him to try to come to our community, try to come to our hood, create video, create content so he can make money off of us. And they personally didn't appreciate what he was charged with back in Georgia. Right. Um, what you were going to say? No, I was going to say, what, what's your whole take on that? My whole take is they definitely stood on hood principles. You know, no matter who agree with it or don't, man, this is how exactly how it was. You know what I mean? Somebody, you know, mess up and, and when you come to the hood, you were going to get held accountable for it. And they, they, they held him accountable for it. You know, he was still talking shit after the situation when all the allegations and everything came out. And uh, he still was saying he can go here, he can go there. And he actually overextended his hand by trying to go down here to Tennessee. And these boys like, we got something for you. Only thing about it is they would have been better off DMing people if they was really trying to sell the video instead of putting this video out there like that because this video is definitely going to be used in court. You know, you have Miko's testimony. Without this video, you know, it's hearsay. So um, on this one, I can't say that, you know, I can say that they provided, you know, evidence for the prosecution in order to convict themselves. Yeah, I kind of call this, um, I know I used this word before, I don't think you agreed with it, but I kind of, I called it self-snitching. Um, you telling on yourself and they could have went, they could have went with this uh, a variety of different ways where the video, where this, where they didn't have to do a video to let everybody know. They could have just called people and say, yeah, we just robbed Miko and we got his shit right now. Right. Um, Cause it would have been Miko's word against them. No doubt. Miko would have had to prove some sort of uh, crime took place. But in this situation, he didn't have to prove it. Go watch the video. Watch the video, you know, and he probably used the video as evidence to, you know, even make them believe that's what it was. Um, Me personally, you know how I am. You know, I'm originally from the streets, no doubt about it. You know, Miko, you ran to the police. You, you, You went and ratted. You went and told, you know, because at the end of the day, you were supposed to take that L and just go on about your business 
you know, and uh, and let it be. Now, let me ask you this, Alex. Without Miko going to report this crime, you know, if the police, the uh, the YouTube police, the Instagram police, the internet police had seen this, is this something they could do even without Miko even saying anything, or is it still a hearsay from somebody on the internet? Well, I think you definitely need someone like Miko to report it because there, there's no other way of knowing it's a crime. Uh, the only thing is the gun. Um, if you if you remember in the clip, he said uh, we got his blick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess this is the the new word that the, the youngsters yeah, get the blick. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard um, I heard Pop Smoke say that in uh, one of his other videos. I'm hearing this term blick. My old ass would have been like, excuse me, <laughs> what the hell is a blick? <laughs> hey, I remember. Hey, the term we used to use back in the day and ain't even used anymore is gat. Man, gat. You remember that? Yeah. yeah you got yeah. the gat. Yeah, I got the gat. Where's the gat? Yeah, the homie got the gat. Hey, real fast, Alex. <laughs> now, you you also heard of the term heater. Yeah. I thought that was a term that in that day, the 90s or something like that, that that term came about, right? I'm watching an old James Cagney movie, 1930-something, and he was like, go get my heater. <laughs> I said, oh, that's not a new, you know, I'm thinking it was a new term, and it actually was, but gat, yeah, that was a term, definitely a term. Hey, I thought gat was actually like some slang term. The word gat is in a dictionary meaning gun. Oh, no shit? It's a real word, wow. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if the word blick is in the dictionary. Nah, nah, I don't think blick is in it. That's <laughs> but um, the, the only thing that these guys probably could have got popped on on their own is um, having uh, this blick that doesn't belong to them that's probably registered to to uh, Miko Worldwide. His name is uh, Michael Nickel. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, they needed someone to file a report, and, um, and he did, and uh, that these guys probably will go to jail. But my question for you, FG, is... Miko ain't really from the streets. He ain't. He didn't grow up in the streets. He's not, um, you know, conditioned to the street way of life. So you called him a rat, but he's an ordinary citizen doing what citizens normally do. Okay, Alex, he's an ordinary citizen, but this is the where I have the problem at. You're an ordinary citizen in street dudes business. You make money off street shit. You make money off publicizing, fraternizing, and 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 talking shit about street dudes this is what you do for a living you know you want to be the king of hood vlogs you want to go to neighborhoods and involve yourself into gang violence gang business and when the repercussion come down now you're a regular citizen i'm not buying all that <laughs> yeah you throw a, you throw a rock at a dog and they come bite you don't start crying now man and this is what I, the problem that i have I, you know I've, I've heard the term Oh, they not gangsters. They not regular citizens. No, but they involve themselves in in street business, in street shit. You know, and Miko was one of the one of the top dudes who involved himself in you know street business. Bro, you should have took that on the chin. You know, you didn't get hurt. You should have took that on the chin and learned from it and say, you know what, I can't go to all these neighborhoods and do this type of shit. You know, now what are you gonna do? Now you you basically played yourself because who gonna let you in their hood now? Yeah, because now he's got a, a double issue. One is the whole the uh, sodomy case that he had in 2018. And now it's confirmed you telling on people that you're going to the hood to interview. No doubt. No doubt. And you, you swore you wasn't. You, even before that video, I think they made it. He did a disclaimer that I'm not trying to, you know, implicate nobody into a crime or nothing like that. And, you know, you made a disclaimer before you made the video. But at the same time, you went and told to the police. Now, I'm going to be honest with you in a, in, a, in a rap situation like that, bro. You wasn't hurt at all. 
you know, supposed to took that on the chin as a learning lesson, you know, and be like, look, either let me change my profession, let me do this, but you going to people's neighborhoods, you know, trying to put them on a map, but also trying to pad your pockets from it, you know, exploiting gang activity is what, you know, basically, you know, you're doing for a profit. And then when something happened, man, you want to run to the police, you're rad to me. Okay. Yeah. I, I could see, I could see your position on that. I mean, I had a similar situation where I had a gun. I had a, I left a gun in my truck with the window down for five freaking minutes, man. Five <laughs> minutes. Five. I walked I into the Walgreens. Five hours. Yeah. No, five minutes. I walked into the Walgreens real quick and somebody went in my, in the backseat and got my shit. And I was so pissed. Um, so I had a little tracker in my um, in the little thing because um, they took um, they also took this bag that I had a cell phone, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I was able to track the cell phone. So I'm, I'm tracking the cell phone to an area, and uh, I said, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna I'm pulling up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, try yeah, to get yeah. this myself. So I went over there, and then um, I called the number, and they answered, and I said, look, I need that gun back. I don't care about anything else you stole, but I need that gun back. And they hung up on me. Mm -hmm. So I kept trying, kept trying, and, and nothing happened. And I couldn't tell where they were at. Right, was, right, right. So um, I just left it alone. Uh, I filed the report. Well, you have to report the gun. I had to yeah, report the gun to, report to the Department of Justice as being stolen, but I didn't say, oh, I tracked it over here, help me find it. I just, I just took an L on that gun. No doubt. And, and don't get me wrong for a regular citizen. That is an entirely different situation. Alex, to be honest with you, you know, um, this Miko thing, like I say, you know, for a living for for, you know, his 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 uh, to pad his pockets. He goes down, exploit people in, in certain poverty neighborhoods and all of them not poverty, but he goes and exploit gang members, you know, and doing certain things, you know, and um, it backfired on him. You know, now you want to go run and tell. You know, yeah, but what what does he see? I don't understand. What do you hope to accomplish when you go tell? Do you think you're gonna get the gun back, or do you just want these guys punished? Like, because um, at the end of the day, depending on how you think, when when my gun was taken, once I realized I couldn't get it, I just left it alone. Right. I didn't care about them getting punished, or I just said, hey, or if they would have brought it out in the bag and said, here, you would have still walked off and never said nothing. Else. I would have never said anything you else. Know. And then check this out. One time I found a bag that had a gun in it, mm -hmm. credit cards, a gun, just a whole bunch of stuff. I found this bag and I was, um, I was real young. I, I took it to my dad. I said, look what we, what we found. So my dad looks through it and there was some cash in there. Mm -hmm. It was about like $800. Mm -hmm. So my dad says, you know what? Let's do the right thing. Let's let's give him his stuff back. So we we got on the phone, and um, I heard my dad say, "Look, man, we we gonna give you your bag. We are gonna leave it at this place, but I'm keeping the cash. No doubt. I'm letting you know I'm keeping I was the cash. Ask you to, yeah, 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 <laughs> my dad yeah, said, yeah. I'm yeah, keeping yeah. this cash, but I'm gonna get you your gun back. And the dude was like, I'm cool with that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so um, he didn't call the police. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't mind that my dad kept the, the you know the eight hundred whatever dollars mm -hmm. it was. But um, it don't seem like people are like handle business like this is the underground way to handle their business. Right. I mean, that dude could have went to the police and said, look, these guys, um, they just gave me my gun back, but they still stole eight hundred dollars from right, me. Right. Right. He never did that. No, no doubt. You know, it was a certain integrity, you know, and, and, and he took the L on based on he slipped no matter how he lost it. He slipped. 
I'll take the loss on the cash, some, you know, credit card, some certain stuff so hard to replace and call and report this and that. And then the gun in itself, that's a whole nother situation. Um, that was the honorable thing to do. I always say honor among thieves, you know, but you guys <laughs> didn't steal it, you know, and you found it. That was the honorable thing to do. Um, been in a couple similar situations like that where somebody found my whole wallet and dropped it in the mailbox, man, and I got my ID and stuff back. But at the end of the day, uh, this is a different situation with Miko, you know, and it's a few people that have a, a, a issue with FG based on, you know, um, they don't like the way that I, I'm quick to call somebody a rat or a snitch, you know. Um, I don't call regular civilians, I ain't going to even say civilians, regular people in America, I don't call them rats, you know, when they go tell them do something, you know. I'm only be talking about these guys out here that's fornicating with 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 hood shit, you know what I mean? Trying to live by hood policies, you know, and trying to stand on hood principles. And when you do that and you disrespect the the hood policy, the hood principle, then to me you're a rat. So Miko is one of them who I was already highly disappointed in him, so it's no it's no nothing anyway, but now you're a rat. Now a rat goes on the back of your jacket from from me, you know, because you could have walked away, reported your gun stolen, took that as a learning lesson, took that on the chin. Yeah, it was embarrassing, but now you're even more embarrassing, and you won't never get a, a no more. Now, let me tell you this. Say if he hadn't called the police, he could have came back from that based on, he could have been like, no, I got robbed before, but man, I'm over here in such and such a neighborhood, you know what I mean? And I'm good over here. You could have came back, and you would have got views because they'd be like, oh, he's still at it? Oh, he crazy. He, he, he shit, he with it. You know, and you could have stood on that. I just don't see you, st nobody letting you in their hood now. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. Um, him not reporting it and him just taking the L would have made him more of a sensation if he continued doing his vlogs. No doubt. But um, now he's in a situation where um, now he's got to be concerned about people that um, are mad at him for what he did with the 17-year-old. But now that you told on these guys that are probably going to go to prison, man, I don't know. Well, not to mention, Alex, you know, it's a case still involved. So, you know, they're going to they gonna want a witness testimony. What you going to do then? You're going to have to go get up on that stand and tell them what happened. And this is what's going to go. This is this is this is this going to be aired out across the the internet yeah well maybe he's hoping they all take deals and it never goes to trial and uh, he doesn't have to take the stand yeah, well we already know he went and filed a report so it don't matter yeah i noticed that uh his channel um he's only put out like one video in the last month and he's slowed up uh, maybe he's decided that this is not what he wants to do anymore well you know that's that's understandable you know uh, um with him having all the scrutiny on him, man, a lot of people don't understand. You know, everybody want to be in this, this, this social media internet world. This social media internet world ain't to be played with. You know, for a couple reasons, Alex. For one, you know, you put your credibility, you know, throughout your life on on display when you jump on this internet. You know, um, like I say, I never had plans to be here just based on this wasn't my lane. You know, but at the same time, you know. Um, I didn't mind putting it on display, you know, and, and it's a whole lot of people that when they put it on display and people go check the car facts, you know, they find discrepancies, you know, and it, it ain't no easy thing out here in this Internet world. OK, man. So uh, Miko Worldwide, we don't know what he's going to do, man, but we definitely uh, told on these guys. 
Um, I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to be as strict on him for telling as you are, but I do think you make some valid points because he has inserted himself into the street life. He has uh, definitely made money and made a career of trying to tell the stories of uh, these people in the street life. And to a certain degree, when you're a civilian and you're immersing yourself into the street life, you almost have to start abiding and respecting the codes of the people that you're covering. And he certainly, um, based on what you said, is, is, is not honoring that at all. No doubt. And like I say, he has, you know, implemented himself into the, you know, the street gang um, uh, uh, <clears throat> situations where, like I say, you know, he, he made money and he inserted himself, he inserted himself into this. So, you know, you definitely got to go by some of the rules when you get down through here because people want to trust you. People want to know, man, that if we let you in our hood to even do an interview, like, come on, man, have some integrity for the, for the gang. That's where it crosses over at. Like, like, bro, we letting you in, 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 in our shit, have some integrity for the, for the gang, you know, but, uh, Hey, it was an unfortunate situation that happened to him, man. We'll see how it play out. Well, you said earlier he didn't get hurt, but um, he did get hit over the head. Oh, they boobopped him? Yeah, they did boobop him oh, a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Nothing, nothing too major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they knocked him out, but they just, Right, right, you know, right. A little boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm sure he felt violated, humiliated, and, you know, no one no one was there to give him some advice. Right. I would, If I was there with him, I would have said, look, man, if you tell on these people— you're not going to be able to come back here ever again. It's just going to go on the internet. It's going to go viral. And then other places are going to start looking at you kind of funny. Are you sure you want to do this for a gun and a gold chain? And um, he might've thought about it and said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just take the L. But I'm guessing that um, nobody was there to um, he, give him those uh, viewpoints. And I'm sure he looked at himself in the mirror and saw a little bit of blood trickling down. And, you know, sometimes uh, you get into your emotions and your feelings when you feel like, you know, you're on the losing end of a battle. And uh, he went straight to the police. Well, I do want to use this as a as a as a learning lesson, you know, not to uh, not trying to aid in the bed anybody who's, you know, robbing people but this internet thing is something not to be played with so these guys that got on here not from a miko standpoint but from the robber standpoint to get on here and say that you committed a crime you know um i mean it's really some of the dumbest shit you can do um i know sometimes people may think they being slick and wording these guys did that wasn't this case um they just blatantly said what they did um maybe they really didn't think he trusted that he wouldn't go to the police and unfortunately, these guys can land up in prison, you know, if they're caught. Uh, it's possibly they can land up in prison and um, it, it wouldn't have been worth it from they end, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm sure they're regretting it, too. They're probably like, no Man, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. This is a huge mistake because of, um, the the guy whose name I keep messing up. Slat Zai. Slat Zai. You know, he, I could see he's trying to, um, you know, get into rap. Well, the whole thing about it, not to cut you off, Alex, but they say he had a little following. They had he. They say he was had a little thing yeah. going, or had a buzz, and had a little yeah, yeah. So when you're on, you know, when you're on that path, uh, the last thing you you want for yourself is incarceration because it, all of it ends at right at that point. So, um, you know, man, it, it, it's just a it, it's a crazy situation. Um, and but the social media man and this internet has people doing some of the most ridiculous things, and it's like. 
it almost hypnotizes people. I think these guys got a little hypnotized by the attention that social media was going to bring them. You know, you heard what they said. Uh, if you want to see the video of us robbing them, send that they bag. Send that bag. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no so, doubt. So they was also chasing, not only chasing clout, but chasing a bag of money also, which they never got from anybody. Right, right. So, um, Well, the thing about it is that don't mean they can't get it later, though. You know, because I'm sure still some people that want to see it. It's still some curious minds out there. It could be a special um, somebody on the prosecutor team that might send somebody to throw them a little something to get it and, uh, you know, to, to, to even work them over more because the video going to be substantial, more substantial evidence. But uh, uh, like you say, man, I, I'm, I see personally, you know, because since I've been on uh, YouTube and the Internet and social media more, um, I do see Alex. I have seen people compromise their integrity for 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 views, you know, and and for clout, you know. Um, I never had even used that term ever before, you know. I got on YouTube and stuff like that. Never, you know. But at the same time, I see it personally, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, man, you know, hey, man, be you, be you, be you, be yourself, be true to what you are. Because at the end of the day, man, if you are chasing that cloud or you are chasing that fame, eventually you're gonna slip up and do something that's not you, you know, and it's gonna compromise your integrity. So. You know, yeah. Well, you know, I warned this guy before about the type of content he was putting out there. He didn't want to ever listen to what I had to say. He didn't want to take any advice. Uh, he wanted to do it his own way. But, um, you know, uh, I, I don't think he will be able to go into any community. Definitely not going to be able to come to Los Angeles and do any any vlogs. I don't know where he can go. Maybe he could just stay in Georgia and do his thing in Georgia. But, um, you know, I'm still disappointed at the way he he likes to show people's guns, even though they're doing it themselves. But he doesn't care to, like, blurt out. He doesn't care to edit it out because he gets more views with those videos. Right. But it's a lot of people chasing views. And the thing about it is this. I heard you say something in that recent interview about how people are calling these vlogs, but they really fake vlogs. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard you say that, you know, and I heard you say what a true vlog was when you pull up. You know, right then and there, you know, find somebody outside in their hood and say, let's do this. It's not where you schedule and then you got 50, 60 people around you and you got the, yeah, that look good for the camera. But a hood one is just pulling up, man, and saying, hey, man, what's happening? Where you from? Blue, blue. Hey, man, let's 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 do this. And whoever walk up or do this and get in and get involved, but you getting a true aspect of, you know, um, uh, what's going on in that hood from a from a true perspective. And I, I like that when you say, I, I, when you explain that to me, man. I, I said, wow. Yeah, very few people were doing it like that back in the early two thousands. Well, I, shit, I was going back to the nineteen nineties. Um, before there was social media and no one is doing it like that today everyone's gonna um you know contact them first yeah tell them to call the homies the extras on and it. they yeah. call their homies yeah. and then if you look at a vlog you know you see a hundred people on the block and it's like you know when i look at when i watch something like that it just turns me off yeah it's yeah. just but you know they, like you said they out there acting they yeah. putting the extras on it it's you know? all they could be real serious dudes but you're putting the extras on they are putting extras yeah. actually in one of those vlogs that he did in um in uh, Georgia, it turned out that so many people showed up. This was the one he did in Clayton County, South Georgia, South Atlanta, mm -hmm. that a lot of the people in that same vlog didn't even know each other because people were coming from different Damn. sections yeah, and yeah. hearing about it. So uh, it, it was a messy, it was a very messy video he did, the one in um, uh, south, um, south side of Atlanta. 
But um, all right, man, let's wrap this episode up, man. Any new videos coming out on uh, FG Unleashed? Oh, no doubt. I've got them coming out every other day now, man. You know, talking about uh, different situations, different topics, you know. Like I said, I'm not over here clout chasing, so I might not be, you know, um, telling them about they you know, certain things they want to hear, but I am keeping it 100, you know what I mean? Definitely, man, and you know, uh, slow growth is the best growth, and um, you know, that's how I started off. Um, I never really done nothing crazy and nothing outrageous on my channel, and uh, you know, it's just a process, man, and you know, just stick to uh, the, the content that you want to put out and don't get influenced by what other people are doing, especially by people like Miko, man, because what see, the problem with someone like Miko is the next person that wants to create a channel says, oh, I got to do it like him. Right, right. Or I, I got to go beyond him. And it just creates a whole cycle of a bunch of uh, nasty, dirty, uh, senseless channels that, hey, they might make some money, but at the end of the day, the content is garbage to me. But um, let's wrap this episode up, man. Uh, make sure you tap in with the Instagram, Street and Scholars Instagram channel. We're going to post some pictures. That's street.and.scholars, Street and Scholars on Instagram. And uh, make sure you tap in with FG on FG Unleashed on his YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is Street TV. I got a whole bunch of videos of dropping this week. And uh, just thanks for tapping in on another fire episode of Streets and Scholars.